Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. First John chapter 4 verse 18 reads as follows, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I want to read this to you again because I want to emphasize a few points from this text. Notice that there is no fear in love. Notice that fear and love contrast one another. They go, they, they're in opposing one another. When you have love, love is constantly moving fear out the way. That's why it says perfect love casts out fear or maturing in love. But notice when you're dealing with fear, love begins to push fear out the way. Begins to say, hey, fear, you can't stay here because why? This person is growing in love. And love and fear, they can't operate together. That's not what I said. That's what the text says. And the reason that he wants to get rid of fear is because Fear involves torment. And if anybody, uh, you ever have seen somebody, and I've been guilty of this myself, I've been in a fear, and I realized I was, a, I was in torment all at the same time. Couldn't sleep, worried about this, that, other. Why? Torment. Because of fear. And, but then he goes on to say in the latter part of this text, but he who fears has not been made perfect in what? Love. It's interesting. He didn't say in faith, but he said in love. Based on what I want to, this afternoon, based on what I've, everything I've read, I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. Maturing in his love. Maturing in his love. We see, first of all, fear is a strong, distressing emotion. Caused by an anticipation or awareness of danger. A person that uh, deals with fear, a lot of times they fear what they're anticipating or they're aware of something that's in their mind that is dangerous. And let me say this to you. What is fearful for one person may not be fearful to somebody else. I, I watch a lot of live PD and one of the things I know is that when they hear danger, they run to it. Most officers do. They run to what they call danger. I would be going the opposite way. They run to the danger. So it's in your mind, fear comes, fear is in a person's mind. It's in a person's mind because somebody else may see it and they're not fearful. Uh, at times, the threat may be real or imagined, but the feelings and emotions can still uh, lead to a state of worry, anxiety, Pain, danger, panicking, or whatever the case may be. Uh, when individuals are uh, dealing with fear, you see all types of emotional things that go on in that person's life. You see them uh, op- worrying. You see them anxiety. You see them uh, operating in panic or in uh, or danger. And again, it goes to the person. Pe- people can become fearful in one area and not in other areas. And that is so true. And they can be afraid or frightened or scared in one area and not in other areas. In other words, you, you may, they may be at peace in certain settings, 
that can cause others to be in a state of panic, something we said earlier. Some people may fear spiders or snakes or, or, or rats or dogs or whatever the case may be. Uh, but then other people, they're not afraid of them one bit. Uh, some of the shows I watch um, on television, there's some people that I would see a snake like that and run, but they go grab it and pick it up and just do what they're going to do with it. I mean, you know, this just depends on who you are, how, how you were raised and what you have created fear in your life. Other people may fear shots, a trip to the dentist. And I went there today for three hours. Hallelujah to God. Thank God he has not given me a spirit of fear with a power of love and a sound mind. Flying in a plane or the idea of being stuck in an elevator. You hear him use words like, oh, don't. Uh, you know, somebody that may not fly, they may say something like, you know what, we, didn't want, we, we were not born with any wings, so therefore I'm not flying. No, that's, that's the way they feel. Understand something. I'm not being critical of individuals. That I want us all to overcome these things so in turn we can walk in victory. Is that right? Fear becomes real to the person that is dealing with the fear and can cause a person to panic and act somewhat out of control. It's real to them. It's authentic. It is their truth. That's one thing you need to understand, that when they're dealing with fear, it is their truth. We all need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us deal with any level of fear. It's important to know that truth as it relates to Jesus in any circumstances we face related to fear, anxiety, and worry. Let me say this to you. Jesus feared nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Even when they were getting ready to crucify him on the cross, he was not afraid of the cross. He was not afraid of the cross. In fact, he told Peter, hey, get behind me. Get behind me, Peter, because you know what? You're not, you're not mindful. The cross ain't nothing to me. I, I love the fact when he, uh, he was getting ready to go and they were getting ready to do and they accused him of all types of things. He never got in fear. He said, listen, really, I need to lay my life down in order for you to take Because if I don't lay it down, oh, you know, I, uh, it just wasn't happening. And so, therefore, he was not fearful. He was not fearful. Jesus makes it clear in John 14, verse 6, when he states, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, when he says, I'm the truth, he says, it's true under any circumstance. What's true in any matter? Nothing false, nothing missing out of Jesus. When he tells you something, it is going to be the way he said it. Now, in times when, the, when there is a high level of anxiety and worry around us, we must embrace that the source, the source of the fear is not according to, it's not God, according to 2 Timothy 1 and 7. In fact, you see in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, Timothy makes it clear that in that scripture that we, he says that uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Because why? He's not the original of fear. Fear does not come from God. God is not a person that gives up. He doesn't have to give you fear. One thing about God, and the devil tries to use fear as manipulation, but God does not have to give you fear in order for you to follow him. God, doesn't, God, God does not have to bring about fear in order for you to follow him. That's why he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, strength, power, ability, resources, 
power to perform miracles. No, he gives you power. God gives you strength. He gives you ability. He gives you resources. He gives you power to perform miracles. Not only that, he gives you love. What's goodwill and brotherly love. In other words, God's type of love. This love is God's love. God's love is unconditional. You can't put a limit on God's love. Because God loves folks that don't even love him. He provides for people that don't even acknowledge him in all their ways. He, I mean, the Bible says this, it rains on the just as well as the unjust. God causes food to grow for people that don't even say grace before they eat their food. And God puts a roof over people's head, causes trees to grow so people can make houses. And sometimes people don't even tell God, thank you for the trees that grew to make the house that they're living in right now. God is a God that gives people wisdom and knowledge and understanding. So in turn, they can provide transportation to and fro. God is always doing this, that, and the other. But he doesn't need to get cause you to be fearful of him. If anything, if God wanted to cause you to be fearful of him, he can cause a storm to come. And not only that, he just causes, every time you get out of, out of the line, he just causes a storm to come. You remember when the children of Israel said, you know what, I want to meet God? And when they got to the point where God began to come up to the where they were at, they said, oh, no, I don't want to meet God. God Moses, Moses will talk through you. He's, he wanted Moses to talk to him because they understood that God was nothing to play with, nothing to mess around with. This same God calls, amen, and, and when the children of Israel... Uh, Moses said, hey, whose side you going to be on? And they some side, I'm going to be on this side over here. And it did. The Bible says it opened up, the earth opened up, and it swallowed them whole. And can you imagine you sitting there talking to somebody, all of a sudden the earth just swallowed you, opened up, and it swallowed you whole, then closed back up like nothing ever happened, like you never existed in the world? God could do that if he wanted to, but he chooses not to. He wants people to love him because they love him. That's why he says it gives you love. And that love is God's, God's type of love. Uh, we call it agape love, unconditional love, love that is, goes beyond a, what uh, we can say or comprehend with our natural thinking. And then he says, I give you a sound mind. It is self-control, moderate, and disciplined. He, is, he gives us the things that we need in order to love him in the proper way. And the best thing I love about God is that he won't, he, we have to make a choice to love God. You will never know everything about God, so it's a, it's a choice you have to make. Do you trust God enough in the middle of what you're dealing with? Because you will never have enough evidence to prove God one way or another. It's, it's a choice we make. It's a choice we make. Some people say, well, prove that God is this. I don't have to. Why? Why should I have to prove God is this? Because God is doing enough already without us having to prove anything else. It's a choice you make. It's hard. It's, well, I, I'm going to prove that God doesn't exist. It's hard to prove he don't exist. Because how, how can you describe such things as love without God? How can you describe the way that I feel about certain things without God? Oh, well, I, 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 I. No, you can't put no scientific formula on love. You can't put no scientific formula on agape love. Because God's love is unconditional. He loves us despite what we deal with. We can see from today's text in 1 John 4 and 18, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. No fear. And love. 
because we're not afraid, we're not frightened, and we're not scared when we operate in love. But perfect love casts out fear, mature, complete, nothing missing, and nothing lacking. Let me say this to you, and I want you to uh, understand this. God's love is something we learn in a lifetime. In a lifetime. It takes a lifetime to learn how to love God. I don't I don't know one person that gets it right. One person that got it right or had it perfect was Jesus. The rest of us, we're learning. Because sometimes we get emotional. Our emotion may go up and it may go down. But God still remains the same. You ever notice how God, he don't even panic on when situations come up in the world. It's like when this situation we're dealing with right now, you know that God ain't panicked one, one bit. I was... Uh, I think Mr. Hatch was showing me something one day. He was, he was showing me the stuff he uses around the church when we're gone to clean around the church. They already had that stuff listed on it before. And he, he bought it. I said, okay. They knew it would come up. A lot of us did. And they already had um, material out there to fight against it. But we sometimes they act like this is the first time we ever heard of it was the, the other day. But no, people knew it was out there. They got there, and people had stuff in place. But you know what? One thing I know about it, this, this day did not surprise God. It was not a surprise to God. He knew that I had to supply the needs according to my riches and glory before this day, during this day, and after this day. So we put our trust in Jesus. Our love for Jesus doesn't waver because of what people are saying. Oh, it don't waver. It don't waver because we got we're operating or we're learning how to operate in perfect love. And what does perfect love do? It begins to cast out fear. It begins to cast out fear. And, and cast out is an interesting word. Has something to do with it begins to drive it out. It begins to displace it. It begins to take it out of our. And what is one of the things I had to learn was that fear has to be driven out of my mind has to be driven out of my mind. I cannot allow fear to stay up in my mind. It's got to be driven out. It's, oh, you can't let fear stay in your mind. Because this is what you need to know. He wouldn't tell us something like this unless he knew that fear would try to attack our minds. He said, that's why I need to tell you about perfect love. Because perfect love is going to be the antidote for when fear tries to attack your mind. And you ain't lived long enough to fear try to attack your mind. And sometimes we don't even know where the fear comes from. It could be like we talked about earlier. It could be from childhood things. It could be from people around us. It could be from uh, gatherings of, of uh, individuals. Fear could, fear could just come up and it start attacking your mind. And God said, you know what? I Dobbs need perfect love. Because if not, he's going to be dealing with some torment. He's going to be able to sleep at night. He's going to be panicking. He's going to be like the folks of the world. Now, folks of the world are going to act like they're going to act, y'all. I mean, you expect for the world to act differently. You got another thing coming. It's amazing to me. I watched a few news. I don't watch that many, but I watched a few news reports. They depend on the president to, to, to stop certain things that are going on in the world. And I thought, this man, like every, a man like anybody else. If he, I, I mean, if he don't, they expect him to get rid of it, then we're in sad shape, y'all. That's just my opinion, though. Y'all, I might be wrong about it, but we're just in sad shape. That's why we need God. Put our trust in God. We got to put our trust in God. So 
the more we understand and apply the word of God, God's written and revealed word, it matures us in his love, which automatically drives out fear. That's why he says what he said in the scripture. That's what the word, word of God is so powerful and so much creative power in it that it, fear has to bow down to it. We need to commit to having a testimony. I'm going to love my way through this situation. Love is a calming agent in the midst of a chaotic time. Not love for people, but love for God. Because people can get wishy-washy on you. But God is stable. And that's why your love for him will keep you calm in the midst of a chaotic time. That's why your testimony, your, your declaration should be, oh, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I'm going to quote that anytime my uh, fear tries to come up. God, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Want to stand out as a light in the midst of darkness? The world needs to see God's perfect love in us and the power that it has to cast out fear. There should be a noticeable difference in the way that we think, the way we talk, and the way we act. Because why? Love is throwing out fear. It's, it's causing us to let go of fear. Because fear can't stay there unless you grab a hold of it. Fear cannot stay there unless it's something it is working with. And you need to understand, sometimes the reason that fear can operate is because it's working around something psyche going on in our minds. If fear is not there, like, you know, some people, they see certain things, they, they walk in the dark, they're not afraid of the dark. But there's some people who get in the dark, and they are afraid when they get in the dark. That's why something's working on their mind. Something is there. And so God says, I need to get rid of that. I need to change the way we think, the way we talk, and the way we act. I like this one, scatter. It's going to scatter stuff out of our mind. That's why we can't afford to allow fear to hang around us because fear brings torment. It brings punishment. It brings a penalty. And fear is the antithesis of faith. It's the opposite of faith. Fear, when it, if it hangs around, it's going to punish you. It's going to punish you. How it's going to punish you? It's going to punish when you, the way it's going to punish your sleep at night. It's going to punish with the way that you believe God. It's going to punish the things that you're dealing with on a day-by-day basis. You can't even deal with your family because you're operating in fear. You can't deal with, you can't have, you can't be happy because you're dealing in fear. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 makes it clear that believers are going to walk by faith and not by sight. Faith, their confidence, their assurance, and their trust and belief in, in the one true God, our Savior, our Deliverer, our Healer, our source of prosperity. We've got to trust in the word, written and revealed word of God. We've got to believe the word. If God says that fear has torment, we believe that. We believe that the love is driving out uh, fear. We got to believe that. Listen, one thing you must understand, we got to believe the word, even though we may not feel like it's working. You may not feel like it's working, but believe that the word is working. When he said, by your stripes that he, we are healed, we got to believe that it's working despite how we feel in our body. 
We got to believe that bigger is coming and better is coming. Even though we may look around us, there may be lack around us. We got to believe it's coming. Why? Because God cannot lie. He says something and it's going to come to pass in our lives. Oh, I, I know it don't look like it, but that's what faith is. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. What we see with our natural, what we put our senses upon, we can't go by that because that can deceive you. I walked in a couple of stores today looking for something, and if I go by my sight, I would think we're never going to have certain things that are not on the shelf. But you know what? I'm not putting my trust in that. I put my trust in what God says. Because, see, a store can run out, but God would never run out. Are y'all seeing the difference there? Oh, well, Pastor, they, they got this, and they say they'll never get this in, 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 in a certain number of days. Or oh, that don't stop God from supplying the need. Oh, you got to believe and trust in Jesus to supply the needs. Oh, I, I, I laughed at something that Senior Minister Smith said to me the other day. She said, you know what? Everybody talking about there's not no uh, hand sanitizer on the shelf, but there's plenty of soap all over the shelf. You know what? If I ain't got no hand sanitizer, I had to go wash my hand with soap. Are y'all seeing the difference there? Oh, God going to supply the need. Are y'all seeing the difference there? He going to supply the need. He going to supply the need. We have to conduct and regulate our life with, uh, well, excuse me, in confidence in Jesus as Lord and not people, not jobs, not organizations, not lack, not sickness, not disease. We don't put our trust in that. We put our trust in Jesus who got more than enough. He going to supply every need. Oh, God got more than enough. You always, Bible says this, and I heard somebody praying it a little early today. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Oh, I, I, I love that about God. God will never run out for his children. And the best place to be, the safest place to be, is in the perfect will of God. Be in the will of God. Be in the will of God. Again, we, I talked about something the other day, and I want to bring this up to you again. When you make a decision, make sure you make it out of faith and not fear. Make your decisions out of faith. If you wash your hands, wash it in faith and not in fear. Because anything that's not done in faith, according to the book of Romans 14, is what? Sin. Sin. So we got to do it by faith. If I put some hand sanitizer, I better do it in Jesus' name. Because I'm telling you something. They got some, I've told y'all now, I keep telling y'all this, they got some stuff they still discovered at the CDC. That means it's already here. Remember, CDC, well, they might make some stuff, and deliver, but I'm talking about for the most part, I stand that's conspiracy theory for tonight. But for the most part, they're discovering stuff. They're discovering stuff. And see, when they're discovering stuff, that means stuff already here. And that they discover it. The question is, how long has it been here? <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why God is a protector. He protects us more than what we can give him credit for sometimes. God is always protecting us. There'll be stuff riding in the air we have no idea, but God protects us. Oh, how many agree that God is a protector? He protects you from stuff that ain't even been discovered yet. CDC ain't even got it yet. I know he protecting us. Hallelujah. Thank you for protecting That's why as we follow our mission, God, we are powered to, to allow love to mature so that 
Fear will no longer dominate our thinking, talking, and actions. The Holy Spirit will continue to guide us into all truth, according to John 16 and 13. He's going to direct us. He's going to lead us. He's going to show us the way. That's how we mature as we follow our omniscient God. He's going to show us the way. He's going to show us the way. He's going to show us, amen, how we can get our needs met, how we gonna, uh, our supply going to be. God going to show us the way. Hebrews 11 and 6 remind us, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We must strengthen our faith at all costs. Our conviction, our trust, our confidence, our reliance, our assurance, our belief in the written and revealed word of God. If something happens and, we, and, and government says that church can no longer meet, we still got to strengthen our faith. We still got to strengthen our faith. We still got to strengthen our faith. We cannot say because we didn't come to church that we can, we, our faith can, cannot grow. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We got to make sure. It's interesting. Well, I'll say that for later. I'll say that for later. I'll come back to that later. Now, in the times that we're living in, it's important that we continue to develop a plan to hear and apply the word of God to strengthen our faith and counter the attack of fear that is around us. We got to have a plan of action, and we got to be intentional about it. We got to have a strategy. We going uh, our faith is going to grow, even if for some reason we can't come together. Our faith has to grow. We cannot sit around and just wait for listen, receiving doubt and unbelief in our spirits and not counteract it with faith. We cannot sit around and think that I am I'm going to be all right the way I am. No, the enemy is after the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act. He'll use your job. He'll use your children. He'll use anybody around you. He'll use coworkers if he ain't careful. He, he'll use them. He'll use them. you got to be careful. As we hear and apply the word of God, this is what's going to happen. Jesus becomes the greater one. As 1 John 4 and 4 says, 1 John 4 says this, 4 and 4 says this, you are of God, little children, and overcome them because he who is in you, watch this, is greater than he who is in the world. How has it become greater? When the word, when we're applying the written and revealed word of God, he becomes larger in the light of definition. He becomes stronger. He becomes stronger than any obstacle that's around us. He becomes larger. And this is what you need to know. One reason he has to become larger and stronger is because what's around you is large and it is strong. And you can't defeat it with your own natural means. You need God to be larger and stronger than what the enemy puts around you. And God got the power to do it. He got the power to do it. That means whatever comes my way, I say, God, if you ain't larger and stronger, let me hear more words. Let me get my word. Because sometimes you can let the enemy slip in and he, he become larger and stronger. And then you walk around talking like doubt and unbelief and talking like the world. But when you allow God, when you, listen, if you do, just say, repent. Oh, God, this is wrong. I'm talking like these sinners out here. 
I'm talking about like God not going to supply the need. I'm talking like God can't heal sickness and disease. I'm talking like God can't protect me. I'm talking like, listen, he that abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm talking like, I'm talking wrong. I need to talk like the scriptures. I need to talk, think, and act like the written and revealed word of God. And as I do, I will mature in my faith. I will mature in my faith. Amen. I'm done. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.